0: Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38 year network marketing veteran, author of best selling books, The Four Year Career and Mach 2 With Your Hair on Fire, and world renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brooke. Learn from extraordinary leaders and get a behind the scenes look at what it truly takes to become a network marketing hero. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools at BlissBusiness.com.
1: <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Sounds like we got a full house for Brenda and Scott Schuler. Going to be an exciting call for sure. Brenda and Scott, are you here?
2: I'm here. Brenda, you there? There, I got you. Yep.
1: It's just very understated. Yeah, you're here.
0: (laughs) Hey, Richard. Hey, Kimmy.
1: Clamoring to hear your story. Well, uh, all right, let's get into it, because I know we're going to have a ton of content. Uh, I know there's a a lot of young living people on the call and a lot of different companies, uh, because everybody wants to know... How to do something like what the two of you have done, which is to build an extraordinary empire. And one of the things I was thinking about is uh, I was thinking about your story, is how organically that, that that you got started, Brenda, where you really were just interested. In telling people about the products and using the products and you know, you got a few customers and then all of a sudden it starts to snowball a little bit and even though you never really wanted to, you ended up back in network marketing. And then of course joined sometime later by Scott as as things started to really roll and what you have now, about eight years later, is a six million-dollar-a-month business made up of 110,000 people. And if that isn't an extraordinary testimony for how network marketing can work, certainly doesn't work that way for everyone, hardly anyone. I imagine you're a one out of a million story. But it certainly can work, and what we want to hear is how you made it work like that and not that everybody on the call uh, you know is pursuing a 6 million dollar a month business but by gosh if you can teach us how you did 6 million dollars a month i imagine everybody on the call can figure out how to do 60,000 or 600,000 and and live the life of a successful network marketer so let's get into it and um Tell us your story. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the background. Uh, folks, if you don't know, Brenda Schuler is a, by trade an exercise physiologist, and Scott is a chiropractor. That's their background. Brenda had one prior network marketing experience that turned out bad, and uh, I don't know that we need to hear that story. Uh, so, Brenda, where I want to start is how did you get introduced to Young Living? Who exactly introduced you? Not just their name, but how did you know this person? And what did they say to you that had you go beyond just using the products and rep them at some point? Can you tell us that story?
0: Sure. Um, Well, it was back in uh, February of 1999, and how I was introduced um, was honestly with a product. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this compliantly. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of us get involved or, or start looking for something to help other people, and I had some digestive issues, and one of the physical therapists that I was working with at work um offered me a sample. Um, she knew I had some issues and I tried it and seriously it was thirty seconds, I was feeling amazing and I felt better and I was just like, What in the heck is this? And so that was how I was introduced. What did she say? Um honestly she was just doing it in a caring way. She she knew I had a need and she had something she felt would help me and so she gave it to me. Um
1: Awesome. I mean, pretty, pretty and, simple. I, you know, uh, that would make you a customer. What did she say to you, or what did somebody say to you that had you recognize the opportunity?
0: I didn't at all, actually. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because in 1999, you know, I had a, I loved what I was doing. Um, Working as an exercise physiologist, I was having fun working with patients. But then when I became involved with nutrition, I found it absolutely fascinating how much more I could help people by asking them, What are you eating? What are you drinking? and finding other needs that could be met by them. And as far as the business opportunity, you know, I was terrified because it was network marketing. So I didn't really share to sell it. Um, I had the oils at the the practice that it was luckily the medical doctor and the chiropractor I worked with allowed me you know to utilize a product on the patient and if it worked, I was giving away product because i was I was truly embarrassed that it was a network marketing company i didn 't understand the concept i didn't understand what network marketing was um, and really i didn 't really get it Richard probably until I, I met you at Mastermind and read the four-year career of what network marketing is. But it was 2008. Um, So I I dabbled. It was a hobby. Uh, I didn't really get it. So nobody really said anything that got me to do the business. What got me to do the business was I had passion for the product. And then, it was it Scott, 2006? 2006, we found ourselves, our son was really, really sick, um, we had two houses because we um, had found out that it was an environmental allergy our son had, so we, we moved. Didn't sell our other house for a year, so we had two mortgages. Found ourselves $100,000 in credit card debt. Wow. And literally, if you can picture this, we walked into the attorney's office. We're sitting at his desk, and we got all the paperwork filled out. It was about, I'd say, probably three inches thick of paperwork, and all we had to do was sign the papers. And we went home because we're like, we can't do it. And I looked at Scott and Not I said, for bankruptcy? yeah, for bankruptcy, so we didn't do it. We went home that night and talked about it, and I said, you know what, I have a passion for these oils, and I know I have tons of people asking me to come and speak because they want to know how they can you know, keep their families healthy. I said, if you let me go and do this after work every night, I think I can do it. 11 months later, Richard, we had all that debt paid off.
1: Wow.
2: (laughs) So it was pain that caused me to look at the opportunity.
0: 11 months. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Well, in that 11-month period of time, how many people did you enroll?
0: (sighs) Honestly, I'm not really sure. I know... Total, I've only enrolled, you know, in my whole lifespan of Young Living about 154 people. That first year, it was literally the first 90 days. It was like maybe one person. The first year it was like my mom and dad, and you know, dabbling. The first four years, I'd probably say 20. But then when it got into 2008, that's when I enrolled the bulk of people. So I'd say probably 40. I mean, not many. I was looking for people that were hungry, that had a passion to share, that I could pour myself into that would duplicate and do the same thing.
1: And you found, uh, according to your stats, um, out of 154 people, you have 11 leadership legs. Is that correct?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: So that's by, folks, just for clarity, how we define a leadership leg is uh, out of out of 154 people that she sponsored, 11 of those people are leading, building, driving their own depth, their own growth. It's not that uh, that, um, Scott and Brenda are not supporting them and helping them, but by definition, if the Shulers retired, those 11 organizations would continue to grow because the leadership in them is independent, and that's where residual income comes from. So um, you said something I didn't expect you to say, Brenda, about going to Mastermind and learning about the four-year career. Um, How did that change things for you, and what did you do with that information?
0: You know, I think the biggest thing, Richard, was your book, having a third-party tool that could explain it to other people. One thing I've really learned is I can talk to while I'm blue in the face to people about different things, tell them what network marketing is, but if I can put something in their hands that they can use and look at as a resource, and then when somebody else has a question what network marketing is, they don't have to tell them. They can go, I've got this great book. Here, read it. Or they can flip open to the page, you know, where you have the car pushing it up the hill and they can give them a really good picture of what something is and explain it. That I found is probably one of the most powerful things that we have to share. And that that was a that was a, a huge moment. That was a that was a game changer for me. And for a lot of the people on my team.
1: Uh, and then okay, awesome. Well thank you for that. <clears throat> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> Somewhere in the process, uh, you get Scott's attention. So, you want to tell us that story, or Scott, you want to tell us that story? How? What was going on that got your attention and drew you into the business?
2: Brenda, you want you want to tell the story? No, you tell it.
0: (laughs) It's better coming from you, honestly.
2: So. Honestly, Richard, when – you've heard me say this before. When, when she first came home with the product, my first thought was, oh, great, what snake oil salesman got a hold of my wife? I mean, that, that's, that was my honest opinion. And um, I was in practice. I really wanted nothing to do with it. Um, what really got my attention was seeing firsthand as Brenda was working with people what those things were doing. Uh, what the product was doing for people, because you can't argue results. Um, but the biggest thing was honestly having my own experience with with the product. Once I once I had that experience, and I, I could actually have the buy-in uh, on the product side of things with the company, that was step number one um, for me. Uh, We had had, both of us had had bad experiences with network marketing, and uh, mine was with somebody I knew. Um, I wanted nothing to do with it. The second step was coming to an understanding of what uh, doing network marketing professionally looked like, and that it could actually be done professionally. And once I saw that and and came to that realization on my own, um, it was really just a conversation that Brenda and I had she was getting to the point where she was so busy she needed help. Uh, She had reached that threshold where um, she needed some kind of backup in the business. And as we're talking, trying to figure out, okay, who do we hire? Who's going to have a vested interest in Brenda and the business? Um, We kind of stumbled on the fact that it'd probably be me. And with my background combined with her background, um, you know, we have a lot of skills that complement each other. But then the next step was trying to figure out how to work together. (laughs) Without killing each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well tell us about that because I'm sure a lot of people are interested in that. Um, You know, it's common in very successful network marketing businesses that the business is launched by one of the one of the parties one of the couples one of the part, people in the couple and you know sometimes the business might have four five six seven ten years under its belt it might be you know it might be doing a uh, million dollars a year or a million dollars a month and then the other spouse is drawn into the business And things get territorial. And, um, you know, you have the person that actually launched the whole thing and was the pioneer and made it all happen. And then you have the person who comes along after the fact. And maybe the person who comes along after the fact, you know, has the skills that are required to grow the business to the next level. And things obviously can get a, a lot dicey in there. So tell us some of the things that came up for you challenge-wise and how you resolved them.
2: <laughs> Do you think oh, this is boy. a long enough call, Brenda?
0: I don't know. Do you have <laughs> psychologists on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can handle you, Brenda.
0: <laughs> oh, I know you can, Richard.
1: <laughs> Lay some stuff.
0: I think one of the best things we ever did um, I had talked to Vicky Offer, who's in Young Living, and she said there was a book called E-Myth by Michael Gerber. I went and got that book, read it real fast, grabbed a copy, threw it in Scott's lap. Literally. Called a, a What? I did.
2: Literally. You he literally at me. threw, it at I
0: threw me. the book at you.
2: What's that? Yeah. yeah, literally you threw the book at me.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: And what did you learn in that book that you
1: wanted Scott to read?
0: Well, actually, we had gotten a coach from EMF, And I think the biggest part for that was having a coach that kind of walked us through it and having kind of a mediator. I think the biggest thing that helped us work through it, working together, was, you know, he he wrote out his job description, what he wanted to do. I wrote out what I wanted to do. And then we circled all the things we didn't want to do. And then we really had to sit down and go, well, who who's... You know, maybe got a better strength at one of the the different things, and really come to grips with who's going to do what.
1: And so, did that
2: work?
0: I think it's constantly a work in progress. Wouldn't you say, Scott?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it it worked. It, it was the it was a great starting point for us. Um, you know, just like like this business, um, you can guide people through what they need to do, but they have to do, there's some work that they have to do, and it's no different when you're a couple trying to figure it out. There's, there's constant uh, checks and balances and checking yourself as far as what you're doing, how you're coming across. I mean, it's, I don't think it ever ends. I think we're always trying to get better at working together just as much as we're trying to get better at being leaders for the team.
1: And what would you tell people who are trying to work together what's like what's a mandate, what's a law, what's a commitment that you've made with each other that not that you always honor it, but a commitment that you return yourself to when it comes to how you treat each other and how you communicate with
2: each other. Brendan, you want to go first? I think we're still
0: do? working on that one, aren't we, Scott?
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is um, honesty. You, there has to be an honest back and forth um, because when anytime there's unmet need, unmet needs, there's going to be bitterness. There's going to be resentment, and if and if you're not voicing those, whether it's an unmet need or a frustration, um, as tough as that may be at the time, it'd be a, it's going to be a lot tougher if it's not brought up now. It's just going to be used as ammunition later.
0: We're actually just talking about that today, about literally you know, setting up almost a date night weekly where we look at our week and we kind of plan and just have better communication. But we're finding it almost has to be something that's scheduled. Because for me, if it's not on my calendar, I don't do it. So,
2: well, I'm happy if it gets on your calendar. <laughs> I know.
1: All right, I'm going to change gears, uh, and I want you to tell us some stories. You have uh, 11 people that you've sponsored into Young Living that have, um, I'm sure a few of them have turned out to be incredible success stories. Um, Just tell us about a couple, a couple of people that you met, or maybe you already knew them, and you introduced them to the products, and then you introduced them to the opportunity, and maybe they came kicking and screaming, and maybe it took them a couple of years to figure it all out. Um, and pick pick a couple of stories of people that um, the rest of the listeners can relate to. And tell us what they've accomplished. What's their ride been like working with you and building your empire? So, like I'm looking for specifics, Uh, you're going to tell us about a particular person, how you knew them, how you introduced them to Young Living, and how you brought them along, and what do they have going on now? Like what is their success story?
0: Well, I can think of Robin, who you interviewed already, Richard, and – I had to drag her kicking and screaming to mastermind. Literally, she was trying to give away her ticket to anybody she possibly could so she didn't have to go because she just wanted to stay at home. And that was a complete turnaround for her. Um, How I met her was actually at one of the clinics I had worked at. The girl at the front desk said, Brenda, you know what? I think you would absolutely love this girl. She's really into fitness and health. She's probably the healthiest eater I've ever met in my life. You have to go and meet her. So Pam made a call to Robin, and Robin said, Sure, yeah, send her over. I'll I'll take a look at some of these oils. And I get over there, and she's like, Yeah, I want everything. She had just gotten off the treadmill jogging, and she was just like, Yeah, I'll take it all. I was like, Well, that was the easiest thing ever. Well, you know, a lot of different things happen in life, and... She had some life changes, and we ended up working together at a different company. And you know, she really wasn't interested in Young Living, but I knew she knew a lot of people. She was like literally related to <laughs> three surrounding communities. I mean, she had just a, a really big pull, and she knew a lot of people. I didn't know anybody in this area, and I knew to be successful in network marketing, I needed to get in front of a lot of people. Well, she knew a lot of people. So I told her, I said, you know what, if you can just you know, point me in the direction of different people that you think I could help and change their lives, you know, I'll share the products with them. If they like them, great. If they don't, no big deal. Um, and I said, I'll, I'll put them all underneath you in your organization. you Because know, I knew if I could find a couple people that I could get under her, train them in and get them doing this, um, that would be absolutely huge. And that's absolutely what ended up happening. Well... She was doing real estate, and the real estate market started to tank. And her her group was, you know, getting bigger and bigger. And she comes to me, and she's like, "You know what? I think I actually want to do this now." And she took over her group. Um, the last couple years have been absolutely amazing. Just watch her watching her grow. Um, she can't get enough personal development. Um, the amount of time she's putting into her team educating and training is absolutely amazing and just makes my heart want to
1: explode what size business does she have
0: oh boy I'd have to she, Scott do you know does she have what eight, ten thousand 10000 people on her team
2: <laughs> the exact numbers it's I don't be know
0: 10. yeah
2: it's, be, it's, it's probably better, closer yeah. to 10 okay uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Friend, you should tell them about because uh, I think a lot of people on the call would um, resonate with Haika's story.
0: Oh, you, you okay? <laughs> uh, so I remember, you know, when we were first kind of getting started, sitting in the basement. Or Scott, what was this? 2000. This was when you were retired, so this was probably 2010, 11.
2: Yeah, somewhere around there, 11 or 12.
0: Just, yeah. And you know, Richard, it's really funny when you get started in this business, I think you can look at your legs and your every single leg is completely different because as you grow and mature, you attract different people. And so there was this group of women, you know, that came to the house and they were very interested in the product, but they didn't want to have anything to do with the business. But I knew that they had such big huge hearts for sharing that I would be there to help guide them, they'd start sharing and they'd fall into this business and not even know what hit them. And So there, six women came. They're sitting at our desk. And I asked them, I said, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how serious are you about doing this as a business? Now there was an old article in one of the network marketing magazines, and oh, I can't remember the name who wrote it, but he had 8 different types of distributors one was like the lottery group, one was like the half-timers, one was like the slave drivers, and I had them read this article because they all went around the room and they said, Brenda, we're a 10, we really want to do it. And what I've really found is people really don't know what a 10 is. You know, they can say that they really want it, but they don't know what it takes to make it happen. So they all say they're a 10, then I have them read this article, they go around the room and they're almost teary-eyed, and I get... I'm about a 2, I'm about a 4, and they're looking at me just kind of mortified as, what did we get ourselves into? And I think the most exciting thing is we never pushed. Scott and I always meet people where they're at. It's their goals. It's not our goals. We really try to be as realistic as we possibly can. But Haika now is almost a golden young living. She has uh, $35,000 over in volume. She just called me actually the other day and she's like, I'm very serious about this. I'm ready to take it to the next level. What do I need to do? And she's always been there. She's turned into this just amazing leader um, who just has a a big heart and she wants to become more so that she can help other people get to where she's at because she, she never saw herself as a leader. She never saw herself as doing this as a business. But she has such a big heart for giving and sharing, it turned into that and now she wants to take better care of her group and her team, and give them all she she can be. And it's just it's just really exciting to see somebody that absolutely didn't want to do it, that is now doing it, that never thought that that was going to happen.
1: How big is her team?
0: Uh, her team's not as big. I, she's probably got about four thousand people on her group right now. Heike, if you're on, and I'm sorry, I'm not not quite sure. I should have looked at the numbers, Richard. All right.
1: Thousand That's a heck of a team for sure. All right. Uh, next question. What is, uh, and if you have more than one that, that is on the forefront of your mind and heart, feel free to share it. But what is the biggest mistake that you've made in building your business? And when I say mistake, um, it would be easy to say, well, gosh, look at these stats. doesn't sound like they've made any mistakes. It may not be a business building mistake. It could be a health mistake. It could be a relationship mistake, an integrity mistake, or it could be a strategic mistake in building the business. And, and when I say mistake, I mean like it really costs you. Costs you something uh, that you can never get back—time, money, health—you can always get back. But what's the biggest mistake?
0: Oh, Richard, I've made mistakes in all of those areas. (laughs) the question. What's the biggest mistake? What's the biggest one, Scott? Which one do you think is the biggest?
2: Well, I think one of the biggest mistakes we made um in within the last four years, uh three years probably really, um, but it was it was chasing um the latest and greatest in growth. Meaning, um, okay, we we have to have a social media expert, we have to have um we gotta hire this person to manage all of our social media and to develop all this because everybody else is doing it. And we just need it, so let's just get someone. And not that she wasn't any good at what she did, or the group that we hired. It wasn't us. We did not. We did it to get it done, and just to have that presence. And it it it, it didn't jive with us. I guess is what I would say. How about you, Bren?
0: You know. I I completely agree because a few years ago, you know, if I look back, Richard, at what took us to the top, one of the biggest things is I put blinders on, you know, from the time we sat in that attorney's office ready to file bankruptcy, the decision was made, action was going to be taken, nobody was going to stop me, and I honestly wasn't looking at what anybody else did. I remember looking at people on stage, you know, when I had just gotten started with Young Living saying, you know what? Did they swallow some magic pill? Is there something that they're doing? You know, what's the secret sauce? I obviously don't get it because I'm not having as success as fast as they have. And the best thing that ever happened to me was the pain of filing, you know, not filing bankruptcy, but the pain of I have to make this happen now. Because at that moment, at that time, I didn't look at anybody else and what anybody else was doing. I knew what I had to do. I knew I had to help people get what they want and I would in turn get what I want, and that's when the magic happened. And then once we got to the top, all of a sudden the ga- whole entire game changes. Now we have social media, we have people blogging, um, people growing really, really fast, and I'm seeing they're going, what the heck? I mean, it, was a, it felt like a whole entire different world, a whole different company, and I felt like, okay, I've got to catch up. But that wasn't my skill set. That's not what I knew. I knew how to talk to people. I knew how to build those relationships and grow that way. And like Scott said, trying to overnight be good at something that I didn't have a clue what to do. I mean, I hate hated Facebook. I'm I'm still learning some of that stuff, um, and I, I'm still playing catch up. And you're always trying to get better at certain things. But like Scott said, you know, honestly, that's probably the three most depressing years of my career in doing network marketing because you're you're looking at not what you're good at and not what brings you happiness, but you're looking at, okay, I know your whole team wants to learn something. Well, that's not my skill set and trying to become that person. And I realize, you know what? That's not me. That's not who I am. I'm just going to tell people, you know, you need to go here. You need to go there. If that's how you want to build, you know, great go try it, go learn, because let's face it, Scott and I have both had to learn better communication skills and different things just to get to where we got to get to. And if we can do it without social media, without knowing any of that stuff, I think anybody can do it. We just have to stop beating ourselves up that we have to know absolutely everything. It's surrounding ourselves with other people that have those other strengths um, and pointing people in der- the direction, if that's the way they want to go, that they're going to have to go learn it.
1: That's a great lesson: um, staying true to yourself, keeping your authenticity and integrity intact, and not letting envy from people who might use strategies different than yours. That you know, I'm sure there's some some massive organizations built. <laughs> just from blogging. There's probably massive organizations built, internet funnel strategies, massive organizations built from social media, and there's massive organizations built just working with people and building relationships and building teams the way you've done it. And, you know, one of the cool things is when you have 110,000 people on your team, you're going to have some people that are really prolific at social media and really good at the Internet and they're really good at blogging and you don't have to be. That's a great mistake. What's the smartest thing, the most productive thing that you did? And you may have already just talked about it with uh, your focus run there in 11 months, but you call it What's the smartest thing you've done to build your business?
0: You know, I think on those 11 months, it was intense focus. I think nowadays with social media and so many different things, people try to manage their time, but I think nowadays we need to try to manage our focus. Um, Back then I was extremely focused and my calendar was full talking to people um and that was the, that was honestly the biggest key was getting that calendar full. But I think in the last 18 months um trying to figure out how can you train the masses? Um, we put a step-by-step training program that people can get plugged into, you know, just different videos, different things we've written so that they can learn from us. So we're n- we're not having to be everywhere all the time um, to be able to reach those masses. You know, I think our business back then is a lot different than it is now and to grow with the growing world and social media and how people are really plugging in, just trying to stay current and keep up with the best way we can fulfill people's needs. Scott, do you have anything to add on that one?
2: Nope.
1: So that system that you built, is that just for your team, or can anybody go take a look at that?
0: It's something that we built for our team based on kind of, I don't know, Scott, our personalities, our style. It might not be for everybody, but yeah, it's something we just kind of put together for them.
1: Okay. Um, Young Living has a custom edition of the four-year career, and – Uh, made popular by the infamous Adam Green from Red Deer, Alberta. Could you tell people uh, how you guys use that book, how you use the custom edition, or um, I think you're in the generic edition too. Um, How do you actually use it with your team?
0: Well, we actually use it in the training program. As far as when people are talking about the opportunity, um, like I said earlier in the call, Richard, as far as you know, if they don't know how to, um, they don't know how to talk network marketing to other people. What is it? So if somebody says that's a pyramid scheme, you know, they've got a tool. I mean, keep it in your purse, keep it in your car, um, borrow it to people, get it back um, is one of the biggest things. You know, if people are interested in the opportunity, how do you share? And I think there's nothing better than third-party tools. Uh, We use it when people hit a certain rank in the company, when they hit $2,000 in OGV. That's uh, a gift that we send out with them. Because one of the biggest things is helping people to overcome their fears. And I think it's very still kind of raw in my mind that what really held me back was I couldn't explain network marketing. I couldn't make that paradigm shift. And I think in my heart, I just really want people to be able to make that paradigm shift to know that this can be done professionally. And your book does just a phenomenal job with that because so many people don't want to read. And you made it so clear that, um, you know, it's it's awesome just for that.
1: What other books do you recommend people read either about network marketing or about leadership or... Personal development, what are your favorite things you would steer people towards?
0: you have all night?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, like,
0: I should take a picture minutes. of my library.
1: <laughs> all right. Um, well, the e-myth, how to, is, the e-myth is one.
0: Yeah, e-myth helped us a lot with that as far as the team. Um, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson.
1: Yep. It's a great book. It's been a
0: very good one. Um, I love Eric Worre's GoPro, The Seven Skills, because it really breaks it down into, you know, when people always ask how should I spend my time, what skills do I need to develop? You know, um, some of those. The book that got Robin so on fire was your Mach Two with their hair with their hair on fire. Uh-huh. That was the first book she actually ever read. <laughs> she didn't read before that.
1: <laughs> no, she has cows to take care of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I know she's on the line, She's laughing. Yeah,
0: so, that you know, that was exciting. Scott, you want to tell me, Good to Great was awesome, especially Chapter 5. Yeah. You know, and I think that book is so inspirational because people see people at the top and they think that they just miraculously did this overnight. And it takes time for us to develop. And I think we really develop out of those things that scar us, those things that challenge us. Um. You know, it, it helps to build the character. So that's a phenomenal book. Scott, you can go through some of your favorites because you've got a ton you're reading lately.
2: Well, you touched on a lot of them. Um, I guess the <coughs> kind of an older book, um, "The Seven Decision" by Andy Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews. I like that book a lot, along with "The Traveler's Gift." Um, just kind of that whole mindset, belief, looking at. Are you really going to do it? Type of thing. Um, Maxwell books. Ha- Maxwell's books have been uh, always a good read for leadership in my mind. Uh, whether you're, you know, it doesn't matter which one of his you're looking at reading. They they all contain good information. Um, the five levels of leadership. Yeah, five levels. Go ahead, hon.
0: No, that was the only one you were saying, Maxwell. And I just thought of the five levels of leadership as when we have people read.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, that's good. How about personal development uh, or you know events, anything that you've done? Um, you know, I'll ask you about the retreat that you did with us separately, but is there anything that you've done? Uh, you went to Mastermind. I imagine you've been to GoPro. Any of those things had a remarkable impact on you?
0: i masterminded significantly, honestly. Um, I've been to that once. I have never been to GoPro, um, but I do have the GoPro All Access, and watching all those videos has been absolutely amazing. Um, we're constantly always learning. You know, your retreat, Richard, um, really hit me over the head as far as what I've had to work on this whole entire last year. Very, very eye-opening. Um, and free
1: talk about that
0: absolutely I'm an open book you can ask me anything I'll be honest
1: <laughs> so why did you come to the retreat
0: you know I think the biggest thing I'm just searching how how can I get better and what's holding me back There's and I no know you've been in an industry for years and I'm just like you know what if I can learn anything from anybody um, it's probably you, and I, I love your style. You're you're blunt and honest, and not many people have the guts to do that. They hold back.
1: And what was the experience like for you?
0: <laughs> well, you, you traumatized me.
1: <laughs> I didn't traumatize you.
0: I know you didn't. Um, you know your brutal honesty with me just was it was invaluable, and I'm I'm forever grateful for that. Um, because I've been on a search this whole last year that's that I really feel like I'm growing from and, and um, getting stronger. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Scott, the experience when I came home from after Richard's retreat,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you
0: remember? You're like, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, go back. <laughs> I like this person.
1: How is she different, Scott?
2: I would say she's more reflective as, to, as far as um, her thoughts and her actions. More, more looking at why she's doing things or why things are happening the way they are, and how that plays, a, how she plays a part in it.
1: Yep. Cause and effect. Yep. Creating the world around us. Mm-hmm. manifestation, whether we like it or not. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. So um, give us a short list. You can you can combine on this or you can both tackle it. Um, I'm sure you have some training somewhere that is something like this, but I'm more interested in what comes to mind in the moment. So got to imagine that most of the people, I know there's at least 1,000 people registered for this call, so a lot of people around the country and uh, some around the world listening to this. And I would imagine most of the people listening to this have a relatively small business. So their business, you know, their team might have five people on it. It might have 25 people on it. It might have 50 or 500. I'll bet just by clicking off those numbers, that captures 97, 98% of the people listening. So sometimes it's hard to really pay attention and listen and relate to, okay, I'm going to listen to some people that have 110,000 people in their group and are doing $6 million a month. And that's a boatload of income from Young Living. Speak to the people that have the small team, and if they're on this call, something we know about them is they want to build a big team. Maybe not 100,000 people. Maybe that that's not the holy grail for them, but they want to build a much bigger team. And right now they have a small team, and you know I imagine every one of the these organizations are different but I I remember when my team was small things were frustrating you know it was like I must be getting about 75 cents an hour in income for the effort that I'm putting in and how do I inspire people to see what I see in this opportunity how do I how do I have people see what I see and feel what I feel because they're just not getting it. They're going too slow. They're, they're leaving so much on the table. What would you say to these people, like three or four steps, or three or four ru- rules of order from Brenda? What would you say to these people that they, they have to employ, they have to execute in the next year if they want to build that big team?
0: Well, I think number one is they have to have the mindset. Uh, I don't know where I read this or heard this, but they said for every single negative thought that comes into your mind, you need to listen to something that's going to change that thought pattern um, to change the energy of your focus. But I think even bigger than that, number two, is surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up and hold you accountable. Because there's going to be so many days you want to give up and you want to quit. And you are going to have to grow as a person. You are going to have to maybe you know, go through read how to win friends and influence people, have a book study, go through that with a group of people. Be extremely introspective at looking at yourself because you do truly attract what you are. And if you're not attracting what you want, then you have to ask yourself those hard questions. Well, what am I projecting out into the world? What do I want to attract? and start working on yourself to get that. Because I think one of the the things that I see the difference between people that this comes very easily to and people that struggle is posturing. If somebody comes into a room, they're very confident. They know what they're talking about. And it doesn't mean that they have to know every single thing about the oils. They just have to know, or the product that they're selling. They just have to know where the resources are. I think some of the top people I've met in the industry don't really have a lot of product knowledge, but we know where the resources are to get those to those people. So you know, surrounding yourself with those people, working on yourself, getting that posturing so that when you do talk to people, they want what you have. And I think one of the biggest things is if you're excited and you're passionate about what you have, people want that. They want to join that. And if you don't have that passion and that excitement for something, it's going to be a much, much harder road to grow. And then it's just you know putting that into action and getting in front of people. You're not going to be the best in the beginning, but you have to start somewhere, and you just have to put one foot in front of the other, and you just have to keep going and going and going. For some people, it's going to be easy. For some people, it's going to be a little more challenging. But if you want to learn how to play the piano, you're going to have to practice and practice and practice. If you want to be great at network marketing, you're going to have to practice and practice and practice. You know, grab the GoPro book, work on those seven skills, get to events. You know, I'd say go to Richard's vision workshop, go to GoPro, go to some different events where you can start learning those skills and hang out with those people that you can just kind of rub shoulders and start sucking it in.
2: Mm-hmm. Scott, how about for you? Well, kind <clears> of—I <throat> guess I'd piggyback on a little bit of what Brenda said. She mentioned mindset, um, and for me, it's belief. You really have to look at yourself. Number one, if if you don't, in your heart of hearts, believe you can do it, nobody else is going to either. Um, so that mindset, that belief piece, where um, if you don't believe you can do it, then you got to ask yourself why. Then why are you doing it? Um, the next thing I'd say, you know, if in the in building the business is you have to make sure you don't become the message that you stay the messenger. Say see, more about you, that. Well, you see a lot of people that um, when you first start out, and you start to start to see a little bit of success, and that success goes to somebody's head where it's it's all about them. It's not about the people they're serving, it's not about the product, it's not about the opportunity that they're presenting to people anymore. And that can be done for a period of time, but as you continue to grow, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And you can't be the message for everyone. You have to te- teach other people how to be the messenger. So I guess that would be you know, kind of that mid to higher level um, growth problem that some people get into. Um, okay. The other thing so, is let me
1: drill down and and ask you this cuz you both talked about mindset, yep. um and posture and belief, confidence. Um you know all of that is a story that we tell ourselves. So if somebody's listening out there and they're resonating with, oh you know what? My problem is I don't believe 100%. I don't have confidence. I don't have posture. Um you know, m- maybe if somebody's really honest, they might acknowledge, you know what, I'm a bit of a whiner. I'm a bit of a victim. I'm always putting the blame on someone else. I'm always looking for how it won't work or who didn't do something right, as opposed to how looking for how it, w- it will work and taking responsibility for my life. So imagine that somebody out there is recognizing, based on what you said, that their posture, their confidence, the story that they manifest in their life is not the right story. How do they change it?
0: I think the first book I'd I'd have them read is QBQ, the question behind the question, to get rid of that blame and that focus and just read it over and over to change the questions that you ask and how you react to different situations you know instead of saying why me it's how can i change this situation because i think that's huge huge for people for the mindset
2: what else i think you know to piggyback on where you say okay you know the why me and how can i change this the it's why me but why not me yeah why somebody else why should somebody else be able to do it and not me i'm i'm i was given just as much as them when i was born and you know there's no reason that and, and it takes work i think what you touched on richard there is it's It's not an overnight thing where okay i'm going to say a couple uh positive affirmations and tonight and tomorrow morning <laughs> i'm going to wake up and um, i'm going to feel like i can light the world on fire and i believe now it, it's it's not that it I mean, we, and if people think that, I mean, just the other day, Brent and I were having this discussion that um, how we feel sometimes failure, as failures as leaders. And so, but what I'm I'm trying to get at there is having that accountability partner or that mentor that you can go to that's going to give you honest feedback because they care about you and they want to see you succeed and they want to see you rise to the top. Having someone that you trust that much where they can they can sit back and they can say, um, you know, like the other night, Brenda, Scott, quit feeling sorry for yourself. Get it pull your big pants up and let's go. You know what? You're right, let's do it. It's having that I think is just as important as doing some of that work yourself. It's always tougher to do it by yourself. But yep. if you can have someone else that can be that can be that accountability partner, that's huge.
0: And I think you need to have those small successes too to build that belief. <clears throat> and you need to really write those down because when you're building in the beginning, let's face it, people want success quickly, but you have to be very grateful for all those little things that go well. Like I talked to somebody today. I never got I never talked to people before. I actually showed the opportunity today, you know, and celebrate those teeny tiny small successes because as you celebrate the small stuff, the bigger stuff becomes believable. That belief system starts building. But I don't think we give ourselves credit for a lot of the little things that we do. I know I don't.
1: Well, I want to touch on one thing um, and then we'll wrap this up. You guys can... uh ask me a question. This is a new twist on hero calls. The, we, we turn the tables on you, and you have to ask me a profound question. <laughs> but I want to touch on something before you ask me a wrap-up question, and that is the idea that you talked about um, of an accountability buddy or an accountability group. Um, you know, You talked about it, Brenda, early on, where you and Robin – were what I would call running buddies. And so there's a couple of things that um, that we preach and teach in Bliss Business that make a huge difference in people's ability to navigate uh, with confidence and fun the early stages of the business. You know, if you go do a presentation um, or, or you you have a you know an event of some kind at somebody's house and you go there by yourself because you're the leader you're the one putting it on and nobody shows up or the people that do show up are not interested and negative you know that can be really depressing but if you go there with Robin or Robin goes there with you if you go there with a running buddy somebody that you're building a team with doesn't even have to be on your team. It can be somebody totally sidelined, but you're just running buddies. What What I've discovered over and over again is tragic negative rejection, if you're by yourself, is devastating. If you're with your running buddy, it's hilarious. And the difference <clears throat> is the difference between being able to rebound from setbacks and re-engage and actually have fun doing the business. So I would encourage all of you, find a running buddy. Maybe it's somebody that you're working with on your team. Maybe it's somebody's sideline. Maybe it's somebody in an entirely different organization. Find somebody that you can build this with so that when you go do events, you do conference calls, you do trainings, you got somebody that's got your back and somebody that you can laugh with when things don't go right and you can celebrate with when things do go right. And the other piece is accountability groups. Um, you guys are obviously using those. Uh, we find those to be incredibly successful in Bliss Business where you get a group of people together. It could be three or four people. It could be 10 or 12 people. And what you do as a group of people is you share your plan. You share your commitment. You share your strategy, which might be something like your daily method of operation or your single daily action. You know, how many people are you going to talk to every day or how many presentations are you going to do every week? And the gang gets together together whether by conference call or Facebook group or Zoom or something, and everybody goes around the room and clicks off whether or not they did this week what they said they're going to do. And accountability doesn't mean making people wrong and beating them up for not doing what they said they were going to do. It's just a place for people to bring their successes and and also bring their setbacks, and what they get is encouragement, and what they get is, all right, you didn't do what you said you were going to do this week. We don't, we don't need to hear why. We don't need to hear the stories. All we need to hear are, is, are you willing to recommit to doing it next week? And that kind of accountability group can impact productivity, and reduce attrition, and increase advancements in the compensation plan, and success, like five or tenfold. It sounds like you're doing that in, in your group, and I just encourage you all of you out there uh, to tap into what Brenda and Scott are doing and adopt that, whether you're in their group or not. All right, well, let's wrap this up. It's been an amazing hour. You guys have such a depth of wisdom About what you've built and how you've built it. I love how much you focus on personal development, transformational development. Um, You guys really get that we get paid in accordance with who we are as servant leaders in this business. And if you want to build an empire, you just have to develop yourself so that you're worth it to other people. And that means when you're in their presence, they get something really valuable from you. And I, my, I really acknowledge the two of you, Scott and Brenda, for constantly looking to develop and grow and bring more service to people. You've, you have just begun to build what you're going to build in this profession. So what do you want to ask me?
0: Scott, you usually, the, yeah. Scott you usually have something simple. Scott, you usually have the most profound questions.
2: I thought you were going to say I usually have the most simple ideas. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You make my brain hurt. All right. Okay, Richard, I got one for you. Um, How important do you think it is, especially in this industry, um, when building a business, interacting with your team, uh, meeting new people, to be true to who you really are? I
1: think that's such a great question and speaks to one of my highest core values, which is authenticity. I I think other than how anybody may hold spiritual power outside of us, spiritual power, my personal belief is that our human power our ability to move powerfully through the world is based primarily in our ability, our commitment on our awareness to do so with authenticity. Now what does that mean? It it it's self honesty. It's it's leaving the pretenses behind. It's leaving the axe behind. It's bringing forth into the world, um, you know, not only the confidences that we have, but the fears that we have, and bringing all of that to bear. So, you know, if I'm going to connect with the two of you, Scott and Brenda, and I'm going to have the largest impact on you, What I know is I can't bring any pretenses. I can't try to be somebody I'm not. Now this is distinct from personal development. Personal transformational development is me taking on actually being somebody different, somebody more powerful, somebody that offers more service. Authenticity is whatever Whatever, wherever you're at in that path, whoever you actually are, bring that to serve other people. Bring that to inspire other people. And so that can be uh, our weaknesses. It can be our strengths. It can be our fears. It can, it can be those things that we celebrate. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't find people that speak honestly about their accomplishments to be arrogant or to be boastful. I find them to be authentic, as I do people at the same time who can speak about their failures. And so, you know, the, the work that we do with the book Mach 2 and the Vision Workshop, that that is a huge, huge part of that work is discovering who... You, each, each of us are. How are we unique? What do we believe? What are we passionate about? What are we afraid of? And what do we want in life? And to the degree you and I bring that in its raw, pure, truest form, whether or not it's popular, whether or not it's politically correct, whether or not people in the room are going are to like it, what I can promise you is they'll trust it. They may not agree with you. They may not even like you. But if you're authentic, people will trust you, and they'll respect you, and they'll remember you. And we may show up in the world likeable. We may show up as funny. We may show up as smart. People may agree with us, but if it's an act, they don't trust us, and they don't have a tendency to remember us, and we don't have a tendency to have a profound effect on their life. So I say it's everything, Scott.
2: Awesome answer. I love that answer.
1: All right. Well, we're over time, so I'll bet nobody hung up. Uh, thank you, Scott and Brenda, for your friendship and for your extraordinary leadership, doing it the right way, highly ethical servant leadership in our profession, and knocking it out of the park in such a way that, you know, when people look at you and listen to you, what I know they get from you, number one, is that everything you do is heartfelt. It comes from service. Um There isn't isn't anything that you've done that other people can't do, and I I trust that you've spoken to some people's hearts tonight, Uh, people that are struggling, people that are overwhelmed, people that are afraid, but people that want to break through. I would encourage you to listen to this call over and over and over again and capture the inspiration that can have you say, just like Brenda said, I'm just going to go out and do this, and nobody's going to stop me, and I'm going to do it and do it and do it and do it and do it until I break through. And boy, what I can tell all of you folks is once you break through this business, once you get on the other side, once you get momentum, you will look back and say, wow, why did I make it so hard? It's not that hard, <laughs> it is, and it's so much fun. You just got to get out of your own way,
2: mm-hmm. and trust.
1: So, yeah. thank you, Scott and Brenda. Thank all of you for showing up. Have an extraordinary week.
2: Thank, thank you, Richard. Richard. It was an honor to be on the call.
1: Night, everyone.
2: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks
0: Network Marketing Heroes podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, "The Four Year Career" and "Mach Two with Your Hair on Fire." head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious
2: about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.